Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 1 of Man, Buns, and Jesus. We're, we're so happy for those of you who have stuck with us thus far, especially if you were, you know, early on, you started with us in Season 1 because, man, the audio quality on those episodes is hot, stinking garbage. Um, but we've improved. We've made improvements. And with this season comes even more improvement. We have spent time planning. And if you know either of us, that's who that's something we're all in trouble. Uh, if you, you don't know tell us, us what to do, you, you correct. And if you don't know us, uh, you know that that is that is very accurate. And uh, if you do and, know us, you know, that's accurate. Yes. And if you don't, my name is Josh Laborious. I had a streamlined plan to start this episode, but Ben kind of ruined it. And Ben is my compatriot over there. Uh, I'm a pastor in Southern California at Edgewater Lutheran Church in Eastvale. Uh, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you. We'd love to uh, to minister to you. And he is a pastor out in Lake Orion, Michigan at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, um, where it is significantly colder than, uh, than where I am. So everybody pray for Ben about that. So Ben, on this brand new season where we each actually have man buns in place for this new season of man buns and yours looks really good like the the hair that's like that's like sticking down like high quality man bun going on over there Ben. thank you i um, my wife keeps saying i need to get a haircut because i do we have I, time for a hair story does she does she need does she when she says haircut does she mean like you need a trim or is she sick of the man bun? Uh, trim. So just over two years ago, uh, I married my, my beautiful wife, Krista, and um, I got the like Viking haircut where it was like long on the top, shaved on the sides. That was when I first started rocking the man bun. Um, but And I let, kept letting it grow out and kept getting the sides shaved to like complete the look and then buddy if you're not familiar with ben he he definitely could pull off a viking he's like six foot a million and and gigantic i'm only six two but i'm a large man and uh we recently found out that my grandpa is probably a viking a little bit of scandinavian and the the rest of him is just all of europe um so <laughs> all of europe uh, that's kind of on brand for the Vikings, actually. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so um, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I got a terrible haircut, and now my the top of my hair is lopsided. And at that point, I decided to just start growing everything out. Um, ended up getting I think one or two more haircuts where I shaved the sides after that, and uh, have been waiting to. To the point where I can get the whole thing back in a bun so that it doesn't look super goofy when I get it trimmed, but we're just about there. So that's one of my New Year's resolutions, by the way. 
Get, get a haircut. Get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. Not uh, even kind. We're actually closer to my New Year's resolution. Be more organized? N no. Shh, no. I'm actually a very organized person, sir. Um, the inscription one. Yes, actually, because my, my wife and I, we do nightly devotions together, um, but we're we've always been really hit and miss like we'll do um in reality probably every other night or maybe even less than that uh so we were like no we're gonna this is gonna be an every single night thing and yeah so that's what we've been doing cool what does that have to do with the show ben well see last uh last season um which we set arbitrary limits on um much like everything else, our our routine was jump on our our weekly Zoom call. Yes, we have to Zoom this because we're not going to travel thousands of no, miles to record episodes. Fly out to SoCal once a week. It would only yeah, exactly. cost a few thousand dollars every time. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, we jump on our weekly Zoom call and just discuss what each of us is like wrestling with um either as like kind of a personal uh curiosity or as a like news item or whatever the case may be and that's how we'd kind of decide what we were talking about um that often limited us in our ability to get people on that are smarter than us to talk about things that they know more about um AKA we didn't have very many guests uh, and B we're running out of good ideas that uh, that's not true. We have plenty more good ideas that we could rant about for an hour, but they don't even have to be good ideas. I mean, I feel like that's bad fair. ideas are even better for ranting purposes, but you know, that's fair. Um, but we were like, we felt like we didn't have enough direction. We were starting to cover the same things again um, and just wanted to give ourselves a little bit more structure. And so for this season, we have a little different approach and we want to explain that today and a little bit of why we think this will help you in your walk um, and especially in your knowledge of scripture. So Josh, what are we doing this year? Lay it um, on so what what we're doing essentially and he says this year and this could take a year it actually probably could take longer than that this might be a really long season folks um we might again just set an arbitrary endpoint and keep doing the same format for a while so just you can't tell us what to do yeah precisely uh which is still our tagline we're going to stick with that one um but we're what we're going to be doing is kind of surveying scripture, walking through different parts of the Bible um, in a way that, at least in my experience, probably hasn't been done at your church. And what I mean by that is most specifically like what this is not going to be. This is not an in-depth Bible study. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for historical context, if you're looking for us to talk about Greek parsing of verbs and stuff like that, 
it, like if you're looking for that like academic Bible study stuff, um, you're gonna have to find it somewhere else because there that's are plenty not of other what... people that have those conversations, and uh, we are less qualified than them to have those conversations. Almost certainly. <laughs> um, so it's not it's not gonna be that, um, and it's also it's not gonna be like an exegetical study where we're like really diving into the text. What it's more going to be is we want to tell the story of scripture and kind of we're going to start in the text every week, but then what we're going to really try and do is kind of give you a, a like a big picture view of what what's going on here. But then it would be it would almost be like if you and a friend or you and your spouse or whatever were having a were reading through scripture together and then you had like a side conversation afterward right so we're going to talk about things that are kind of brought up by the story things that are tangential to the story like how how does it apply to us like what do we actually learn from this stuff like that so uh, that's kind of going to be the structure going forward. That's what we're shooting for is to give you a better familiarity with scripture without getting bogged down in in details that and people are not going to appreciate me saying this, but details that really in the grand scheme of things don't matter nearly as much as I think people give them credit for. Um, I think so when when some people approach scripture, they definitely lose the forest for the trees. So we're going to, we're going to study the forest yeah. a little bit. That's certainly true. And one of the things that I've been trying to do at, at my congregation here in Michigan, um, we have two Bible studies every week. One where we go very in depth into a text. Um, we're starting Genesis. We just took four months to do the book of James, which is five chapters long. Um, but we're starting Genesis here in, in January. We're not going to go quite as in-depth as we did in James, but we're going to take our time and really work through like some of the, the cool parallels that we see, some of the theology that that stuff leans into, um, and really like attack some of the, the deeper themes that we see in those texts. But at the same time, we do another study um, for this upcoming few months at least, we're going to look at the theology and scripture behind some of the the hymns and worship songs that people know um and just take a really over or broad overview of where we're at in scripture how this fits into the story like make sure that we're getting both a big survey and the depth this one uh this particular uh podcast for the next season at least we want to do that broad survey because there are a lot of resources that can help give you the the deep um, deep dive into some of these things, but not a lot of people help you connect the dots between minutia. So we want to help be that for you. And along yeah, the way, yeah. we're going to introduce you to some fun and interesting people. Yeah, we are. Only some of whom have resisted the invitation. Huh. I reached out to one of our potential guests and I just got a hard, no way, ain't no way I'm going to be on a podcast. 
So is that why there's a blank note on her? Uh... Okay. That is exactly why. Um, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> Can we out this person? No, that seems inappropriate. All right. Fair enough. I was tempted, though. But I'm not going to do it. That's probably for the best. Um. Anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna really just have conversations around scripture and spitball and um, look at how scripture fits into the overarching themes of God's story, how we fit into the overarching themes of God's story, where those things connect, um, and just enjoy the ride. I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be fun too. Um, but in the interest of kind of connecting to how we've previously done things, we're, we're kind of going to have one last episode of that because what we'd like to spend the rest of our time today talking about is just why, why bother with, yeah. with scripture? Why, like, why does it matter to be familiar with scripture? Why, why are we going to spend so much time doing this kind of stuff? Um, and I think the story that comes to mind for me, when you say like, why is it important to be familiar with scripture? It's when Jesus is starting his ministry, uh, we're told that he, he goes out into the desert and for 40 days and then he's tempted by the devil and not like in a general way like devil shows up in person to tempt jesus um and we're not going to dive into a whole lot of that but what i want to pull from that story is every time that satan goes to jesus and he says like do that tell these stones like you must be hungry tell these stones to become bread or like he takes him to the top of the temple and he's like, jump off because the Bible says that God's going to save you. Or he promises Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. In each of those instances, Jesus's response is to rely on scripture, which at the time was the Old Testament. And um, in, in response to the bread comment, he says, well, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And when he's at the at the height of the temple and the devil says jump off because the angels are going to save you jesus replies you know scripture says don't put the lord your god to the test um so and when he's offered the kingdoms of the world he he talks about the sovereignty of god and uh and then banishes satan from his presence um and that story, I think, is is maybe one of the most powerful examples for me of like, why is it important to have a familiarity with scripture? And it is because like, the world doesn't give you a chance to go and do your research. When you're going through life, when you're facing situations at work or in your family with your kids or with your wife or with your husband, um, when you're dealing with the realities of the world, you can't say a timeout. I got to go see what, what the scriptures say about this. I got to go see what like my Christian faith has to do with this. Um, 
it it doesn't give you time for that but if you're familiar with scripture and i'm not saying you need to be able to quote verses at people like jesus does the devil but if you're familiar with scripture and its message and what it says and the stories that it tells us and and the themes there you're ready right when when your kid is acting up you have scripture to rely on and think like this is how you know god calls me to handle this situation when when you're having an argument with your wife you know well for you yeah and don't embitter (laughs) your children so there's balanced as all things should be um when when you're dealing with stuff at work like in all of these situations if you have this understanding kind of big picture of where scripture is you can you can respond in a faithful way as opposed to kind of operating blind and that's when when you say well why is it so important to be familiar with scripture i think that's the reason is because it it helps you lead a more faithful life and I, I don't think that necessarily takes memorization. I think that's uh, that's a familiarity with this with the story, um, story not in a way that it's like made up or fa- fabricated. It's just kind of that's the best word I can think of to use for like the history that scripture tells, um, the history that scripture shares with us and the lessons that it, it has. So, um, yeah, that's. That's where kind of why I think it's important. Um, and maybe the reason I'm, I'm more focused on that than the memorization is because like, I may know a lot of Bible verses, but I can't really tell you where most of them are. Like I know the verse and then I have to Google it to see where the citation is. When I'm, when I'm writing a sermon or something, I'm like, oh, I know it, I know it says this somewhere. Google, where is it? Yeah. And I would even encourage, like, generally when you have those moments, right, you have an idea of who said it, you just may not know exactly where, like, right? Question mark? Um, um, Frequently? Um, okay, never mind. We had a conversation <laughs> just yesterday, or no, just two days ago where I was like, where I got Samuel and Nathan confused. So oh, that's true. You never I will. I can again. tell you a prophet said it. You never will again though. In the new Testament. Yeah. Because you imagine the prophet Nathan in a freaking hot dog shirt, walking into David's palace. Darn straight. <laughs> was he a little weirdo? Anyway, I, mean, I, I can guess mostly where uh, where New Testament quotes come from, because it's it's almost definitely Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure the epistles say this. Who said it? Paul said it. That's what it was. What if it shows or, up in, in the Gospels? Uh, it was probably Jesus. Or if, if it's something smart, it was probably Jesus. If it's something dumb, it's probably Peter. And <laughs> if it's something obnoxiously profound, it's probably Thomas. And if it's something like pretty passive aggressive, it was probably the Pharisees. Like that's, <laughs> there's your key to guessing New Testament quotations. Anyway, 
Um, I would even encourage beyond that, having like a passing familiarity with some of the overarching, like major narratives and major pieces of scripture that we point to, to like reinforce our theology. Because you never know when you're going to have a conversation where you are talking to somebody that has a, a strong belief in scripture and they need to know where you're coming from and you need to know where they're coming from. Um, I remember in, I think it was in a, it was either in a counseling class or practical class um, that I was taking with Dr. Mars, who is a professor at the seminary in St. Louis. He mentioned a conversation he had with someone with a different view on communion than we do. Um, we do in the LCMS specifically where we believe this to be the body and blood of Christ. And we point to the fact that in the words of, in, words of institution, um, depending on your translation, it's something along the lines of, um, this is my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And we look at that statement and go, okay, if this is done for forgiveness, we're almost certainly partaking in the sacrifice that led to that forgiveness, meaning this is the body and blood of Christ poured out for us. Um, and specifically in Matthew, we see that as the way that the words of institution are presented by the gospel writer. Dr. Mars remembered that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the second to last, or two chapters from the end of the gospel is where uh, the words of institution are in each of those cases. And so he was able to get there pretty quickly by remembering that fact. And you wouldn't have you to wouldn't remember even... that specifically. You could just remember yeah. it's at the end of one of the gospels. Exactly. Or like if you're looking for the Sermon on the Mount, it's pretty close to the beginning of Matthew, beginning middle-ish. Like if you're looking Both? for... Matthew uh, Matthew 4, I think, is where it starts. I think it's 5 to 9. Or something like that. That sounds right. Maybe 4 is an introduction. Yeah. It's it's in that ballpark. Like, see, we, we don't know specifically off the top of our head, but we could get there pretty quick. Um, if we're looking for um, stuff about, like, what it looks like to be a pastor in the church. Go to the pastoral epistles. Um, go to Timothy. Go to Titus. Uh, if you're looking for apocalyptic stuff, go to Everybody Daniel. knows that one. <laughs> Revelation. Um, it is, for anyone who's struggling with this, it is Revelation, not Revelations. It's singular. It's one, yeah. one big revelation. Um, well, and I think, so there's, there's some justification for a theology when you're having conversations with other Christians, maybe from different backgrounds, but I think it's also worthwhile for when you're dealing with people in your life who are struggling with different things, right? So if you have a friend who's struggling with death or addiction or a particular sin or something, like, it, especially with, like, tragedy or sickness, it's really good to kind of know where are some good places in the Bible to, to point them to, to bring them to, 
Um, but I think also, and this this one's maybe a little bit tougher, but in in our world today, sometimes some of the ethical positions that we take are viewed as hateful or like pre like it's it's seen as an excuse for us to do something or to treat someone a certain way uh, and we're not going to get too far into that but it's good to say like no i'm not just saying this because i don't like you and i don't want you to have fun or whatever i'm saying this because this is what scripture says so it's it's really helpful to be able to say like here's where it is right we take this seriously um like if if you're talking to a friend who's living with his girlfriend and you're saying bro you you really shouldn't be doing that and he's like oh you just like you're just jealous i have a girlfriend and you're single or whatever you can say no no that the bible talks about stuff like this and you really shouldn't be uh doing that um just kind of as an example for when one might do that it having that familiarity and being able to point people at least in the right direction makes it so like you're you're relying on god's authority you're not trying to justify it on your own you're not just speaking of your own accord um so there's a lot of value to knowing like in general where to start looking for things um I'm as a side note, I'm also an advocate to carrying the Bible around with you. Your phone is okay. Physical Bible, I think, is even better. And the reason for that is because it's a lot easier to flip through a physical Bible looking for something. Um, because like you can flip through, but with a Bible, you can they bold the headings, it's really easy to just go and find the find the part you're looking for. Because uh, those headings are actually super helpful. They're very descriptive. I have kids, uh, I'm teaching religion, and their um, their homework assignment is essentially do nightly devotions. They read a section uh, of the Bible every night, or five nights a week, I think. And one of their jobs to bring back to me is a summary. And lately, we've been in Matthew. And Matthew, especially toward the end of the book, they're like small little sections with a header. And their summary frequently is like a sentence version of the header. And I can't fault them for it because the header is a really good summary of the text that follows. So um, that's my that's my plug for physical Bibles. It's, they're really easy to flick through and, and find the heading you're looking for. I don't disagree with the logic. I just never you use your phone. I do. I do. Um, I use the computer Bible for all of my work stuff, <laughs> sermons, Bible studies. Like I don't use it. I don't pull my physical Bible out for that. Are you kidding me? I need copy and paste <laughs> and you can't copy and paste from a physical Bible. You got to type that out and I don't want to do it. I'm actually the exact opposite of that. No way. Yeah. So like, when I go, when I write a Bible study, I did one on Colossians a couple of years ago. All of my notes and everything are just in the margin. Chaos unleashed all over that page. Yep, exactly. Uh, for those of you that couldn't see it, I put up uh, 
every inch of white space has little doodles in it. Yep. Uh, and that's not doodles. It's all notes and questions and thoughts and like. It's not doodles. It's notes and thoughts and questions. Whatever, man. <laughs> and like, I also like to put in there what other people say that that gives me pause and gives me thought. Um, so like, yeah. But when I'm when I'm visiting someone, I have a habit of forgetting things. Um, so I don't want to bring my Bible with me, and then leave it somewhere accidentally that's reasonable i suppose much greater likelihood of remembering my phone than i do my bible in that case because my phone I, just slides back in my pocket i have to carry my bible out i suppose um but something and this is this is something i want to i want this is kind of a pet topic of mine um you might be sitting there listening to this and you're intimidated with the concept of like really reading the the bible because i i can't tell you how many times i've heard like i don't i can't read the bible because i don't have enough background i don't know like i don't know the history i don't like i can't put things together um don't care read it anyway and here, here's why I say that, because I have a master's degree from Concordia Seminary, and over a quarter of my credit hours for that master's degree, that four-year master's degree, were exegetical classes. For those of you who don't know, exegetical classes are, we're going to take a book of the Bible and like drill down way, like I took a class on Galatians. And if you look at my digital Bible, there are notes like every three words from this class because I took it with a guy named Mark Seifred, who's brilliant. In all those classes, I learned I have learned I learned less than from just reading the Bible over and over and over again. And you were a hundred the first time you read through it, you might you might catch. 0.01% of what's there. But you read it again, you're going to catch a little more. You read it again, you're going to catch a little more. And what's going to start to happen is, you know, after you read it a few times, you're going to be in, I don't know, Daniel. And you're going to read it and you're going to be like, this sounds kind of familiar because this is some of the same language that I was reading in that other spot. And by reading it over and over and over again, what you're gonna, you're gonna start to make connections and you're gonna start to see things. And yeah, it's gonna take a while, but you know what? You'll get there when you get there, right? It's, it's about making progress. There's no like finish line for this kind of stuff. Um, so I am a very big advocate. Read, read through your Bible and just like, just do it. Uh, whatever you, if you if you don't read it all read, don't start with just a verse a day because that's what i would say is if you're struggling and and you're you're struggling to get that habit uh start by doing one section a day so not necessarily a chapter but like one heading read one heading so then at least you kind you like you get a full story at a time um 
or at least a full part of a story at a time. And the other thing I would advocate is find a translation that is at your level. And you might say, well, like, what does that mean? What I mean is at your reading level. If you are not a strong reader, don't start in the ESV. The English Standard Version is written at a 12th grade reading level. And no offense to anyone here, but the average American cannot read at a 12th grade reading level. NIV, I believe, is rated at 8th grade. And if you like, if you want to start really easy, there's a version called the message. Seventh grade. The message is is not necessarily a translation. I would say the message is a, is an excellent paraphrase, but it's a great starting point if you're not if you're not there. Did you say fourth grade? The message is written at a fourth grade level. Yeah, perfect. Start at that. That's an easy read, right? And if you want to go from there to an actual translation. Um, New King James, uh, Christian Standard Bible, NIV are all around seventh, uh, seventh grade reading level. Do, do NIV. Do I don't just go NIV. <laughs> go the mess. If, if we're ascending, the message NIV ESV is is kind of what I would recommend for progression. Um, but if you need an even easier starting point, this will this is an expensive one. Get. It's called the Action Bible. You search it on Amazon. It's awesome. It is, especially if you have kids. I'm laughing because of familiarity. I awesome way to get connected with the Bible. It's so it's a graphic novelization of the Bible. It's mm -hmm. like comic book Bible. It's it's super cool. It's super interesting. It's it's a great way to get get your kids in the so if you want to read the bible with your kids at night the action bible is a great way to do it because there's a lot of pictures they make it easy to understand easy to read um i say it's expensive because like one copy which only covers like part of scripture is like 27 dollars um they're not very they're not cheap per se um but yeah, so just like find a translation that works for you and that is still faithful. I suppose that caveat should be on there. Uh, yeah. Ask your pastor if you're looking into translations to find out what works. Um, or ask us. Because some pastors tend to be like hard line. You should only read this version. It's like, eh. there are definitely some to avoid, but there's not one that is perfect for everyone. I read three to four typically in a week when I'm prepping for my sermons. Uh, I look at three. I guess four if you count the original language. Yeah, I'm four to five. Because I, I check ESV, King James, and NIV just because, like, though, I, I feel like those are the ESV is my personal preferred version because I find that one to be really accurate and really straightforward um can't, i know gonna, a lot of people like the king james and i know a lot of people still read the the niv which is why i look at all of them to see if there's anything that maybe needs to be addressed for whatever reason you're gonna laugh at my list i probably am i look at the message every week just because it's fun 
Um, oh no, I could see that. I could see the value of that. I just don't have a copy of the message. Sure you do. No, I don't. Go, go online. Is that go to, free? Go, go to Bible Gateway. They've got a copy of the message. Oh. You can continue with your list. Oh yeah, it is on there. I usually for me it's Christian Standard Bible, NIV, ESV, sometimes NRSV. Um and frequently the message because it's fun. But it's like it's also important for us, and I've nailed this in Bible study before. <laughs> Like we should probably be looking at multiple translations, especially if you don't know the original languages, because copyright law exists and it's dumb. And like, if two translations sound too much alike, sometimes their publishers will sue each other for copyright infringement, um, which is dumb and like incredibly unchristian. And we'll actually talk about that in a future episode. But that would um, like because of human stinking laws none of our translations are actually all that good and by all that good i mean like none of them are perfect all of them are I was good let's say a lot of them are like all of them are good very rarely when i'm Most reading the good. esv or the niv do i like look at the original language compare the two yeah. and say wow that really messed up i recant i recant um yeah, especially the, the major ones are good. None of them are perfect. So if you right. if you're confused by the way the wording of one, go look at another one. That'll usually help you out a little bit that way. Um, sometimes you just get a word or a verse where like the Greek is so bizarre that there's no good way to put it in English. Um, that's what happens when you use ancient Greek. Um, but all of this is to say it's good to be familiar with your familiar with your scripture it's good to be familiar with your bible um use them know them love them find a habit that gets you into it on a regular basis and helps with that familiarity um and hopefully this will help you grow josh takeaways um for my takeaway uh I'm actually going to introduce a new idea, but it's a quick one. Um, okay. Treat your Bible readings like, like uh, a gym workout. If you need it, get a workout buddy who's going to hold you accountable, who's going to push you a little bit, um, and who's going to rem who's going to politely remind you when you miss. Um, find a way to be be there consistently so mm -hmm. bible re bible readings are like the gym that's my takeaway i'm gonna i'm gonna actually mirror your takeaway and by mirror i mean like make it backwards uh don't treat your bible reading time at all like your gym uh, because a lot of people really like hate the gym and fear it and hang on heresy not, every, not everyone is you josh well they should work on that 
don't fear your scripture time. Like there are all sorts of ways to um, fit it into your daily routine that aren't necessarily painful. If you need that accountability, like Josh said, absolutely use that. But like, if you need your scripture time to be like, hey, normally I sit down and as I'm eating breakfast, I'm reading, uh, reading the news in the morning. Well, maybe instead of as yeah, reading, out. yeah, just read, switch out for a little bit of scripture. Um, maybe you do that at your lunch hour, switch that out for a little bit of scripture. Um, great uh, advice that I got from a fellow pastor here in Michigan, a classmate of ours, Evan Bean. Uh, every day when he leaves the office, he closes his laptop, puts his Bible on top. So the first thing he does when he comes in in the morning is to pick up his Bible. That way, like, he has to touch it. He has to move it. Might as well open it. Um, just do something. Find something um, that helps encourage you to get into it. Um, and it doesn't have to be painful. Yeah. I'm just, I'm heartbroken because as you were introducing your takeaway, I was thinking about all of the ways that going to the gym and Bible reading are the same. Progressive overload is a concept that transfers, being accountable, showing up every day, the importance, how quickly you can lose it if you don't use it. Man, should have so done maybe, that. Maybe, maybe it's uh, rather than- and Everyone should love it no matter how scary you think it is. Rather than don't treat it, I'm gonna say it as uh, don't fear it. Whatever. <laughs> some uh some prayers for you going forward uh just pray that god would help you get in your word that he would show you what you need to see in there um and that he would surround you surround you with people who are going to encourage you in that way and before we move into our our shameless plugs i i want to i kind of want to start ending episodes start ending episodes like this who to share this with um, so for this episode, share this with other Christians in your life, um, especially with people who aren't super comfortable with God's word. Like maybe this is the encouragement that they could need. And if someone sent this to you and, and you've made it through the podcast, congratulations. Like you actually listened to a podcast episode that a friend sent you. Like that is, that's real friendship. You are a good friend. Go get yourself an ice cream because you deserve it. Day. If you work out hard enough, you can cheat whenever you want. Oh, I think this is called dirty bulking, Josh. Shameless hey, plugs. Hey. Shut up, it works. Uh, shameless plugs. You can find us everywhere, basically. Everywhere. YouTube, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, uh, whatever that may be. Like, subscribe, comment, do all the things subscribe is a big one the more subscriptions we have like that's a big boost for us as far as encouragement yeah then and then we get pushed out start to see this and then like we can become uh internet famous or something i don't know we're not trying to be but that'd be kind of fun anyway yeah. hey man i mean if if this podcast makes it really big maybe edgewater i can pay for edgewater's building with man buns and jesus money how cool would that be That'd be sweet, but also I feel like that we'd somehow be misappropriating funds from somewhere else. Anyway, uh, 
We are not doing any plugs for Raid Shadow Legends. Um, three <laughs> percent of our audience will understand that bit. Um, we have a Facebook page if you want to reach out to us. You can find us there. Uh, it's Man Buns and Jesus on Facebook. You can leave us a message, contact us if you want to be on the podcast or if you have uh, episode ideas for us. Um, I think that's it. Go to church, read your Bible. Yeah. Those are our plugs. Go to church, read your Bible. I'm happy with that new with that. Okay, bye. Go. That's not how we end this. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.